hello and welcome to your new favorite podcast. It's a dog's world. I am your host, Jordan, and I hope you enjoy it. I, yeah, I'll be here all week. (laughs) So have you ever wondered if your dog can understand you or if they're talking back? Ever wonder what a certain bark means? Well, sit back and put your listening ears on, because on today's podcast, we're going to talk about how to understand your dog and its body language. This episode is brought to you by VIP Aesthetics. You can get the best but scratching claws a dog could ask for. Be treated like a true VIP with these customized treatments, 100% off attention, and no boring spa music. VIP Aesthetics. Now, as you know, dogs do not speak our language. So the only way to truly comprehend and communicate with our favorite furry little friends is to pay attention to their body and vocal language. Often gestures or actions we assume mean one thing actually are the dog telling us the exact opposite. Determining what that wagging tail or exposed tummy usually means can be the difference between a belly rub and a bite. So appeasement and displacement. Both are quite similar with their meaning, but to tell between them can be a challenge. A dog might try to appease another by actively seeking um, attention via one one or more of the following behaviors. So there's muzzling and or ear licking, jumping up, lowering and curving of the body, clicking or the exposure of teeth, otherwise known as smiling, uh, lip licking, lowering the head and ears, and play bowing. So, although much appeasement consists of the active body language, passive submissions such as cowering and body freezing seem to be done in the response to escalating fear in the presence of a threat. A social experienced, uh, socially experienced dog will tolerate this language and will most likely reciprocate, reciprocate properly. Uh, whereas a dog with less socialization skills might try and take advantage and attempt to control the situation. In addition, dogs will use displacement signals to avoid confrontation. Body signals are used to provide a distraction, um, so like a way of covering uh, up what a dog is feeling. Yawning, sniffing, scratching, sneezing, and licking are all active behaviors that keep the dog calm and provide a distraction to refocus the attention of others away from them. So how can you tell your dog is distressed or in discomfort? Well, when dogs are stressed and nervous, they exhibit many different kinds of behavior that either help relieve stress or appease a perceived threat. While dogs like humans will yawn when tired, um, they're more likely to yawn when they are nervous. Lip licking also does not mean a dog is hungry or has just eaten either but is a very clear stress signal that is performed when a dog is nervous or is experiencing fear. Now other signs of fear and nervousness is uh, body freezing the whale eye, which is when the dog turns away but keeps looking at the perceived threat, showing the whites of their eyes. Uh, this, uh, this gesture can be a little funny looking. Um, just watch out for that dog dog will turn their head away from a fear source. Uh, This is another gesture of appeasement, um, furrowed brow, tense jaw, and also hugging their owner. This is just a way to gain comfort by holding onto their owner for their dear life pretty much. It's it's really cute, but it's also like kind of sad. Yeah. Um, I also have low tail carriage. 
Uh, so this indicates discomfort and uncertainty. Um, if you're not sure what low tail carriage is, it just means that their tail is lower than it normally is um, in a relaxed state. And there is also a raspy dry panting, twitching whiskers, shaking, drooling, sweaty paws, pilo erection, which is when the hair on a, dog, a dog's neck um, and spine stands on end, um, making the dog appear bigger while releasing odor from the glands contained in the dog's hair follicles. This is also called like a hackle, or as I like to call it, a mohawk. <laughs> Um, so dogs are naturally curious animals, and the more confident they are, the more they can deal with novelty and change. All dogs will size up any situation to ensure safety using the following language. Their head will be cocked to one side or the other. His fro front paw will be lifted, anticipating what will happen and what the dog should do next. Um, mouth closed, also again sizing up the situation in preparation for action. When a dog has to defend themselves from an actual or perceived threat, he or she will d demonstrate defensive or offensive language in order to keep themselves safe. This language manifests itself in uh, behaviors that encourage a threat to keep their distance. If the threat does not back away and this dog has nowhere to go, defensive, will, uh, defensive behavior will turn offensive and this dog will bite you. Uh, these behaviors are usually pretty easy to recognize and understand, but just for example, um, the body will be leaning forward, they'll have a tense mouth, lips will be pursed forward and vibrating as the dogs growl, um, there's air snapping, so this is just like the dog snapping in the air to warn you to go away, there's no um, intent to harm, uh, snapping with skin contact, also a warning to back away fast nip, an immediate bite and release with bruising or a slight, slight wound, um, just telling you to back off. A deeper bite, so a dog that bites with more intensity is intending to harm, again, back off. Um, then there will be the bite hold shake. Um, this is intent to harm and potentially kill. There's also the bite and hold intent to just harm. So some dogs will bite, hold, and shake um, and disembowel stuffed animals, stimulating the killing of prey. So while this is prevalent among dogs with high prey drive, even dogs with low drive can indulge in behavior of this type. So basically it just means like, um, don't worry too much if your dog is tearing apart stuffed animals, it's not a high prey drive type thing, it's just, it's just what they do. Um, it doesn't mean he wants to do with, uh, the same with people or other animals. So, let's get into tails. A wagging tail does not mean you have a happy dog. Tail wagging is a frequently misinterpreted signal. Most people believe that a wagging tail also, like, er, most people believe that a wagging tail only means a dog is happy, which of course is often true. But some dogs also wag their tails when aroused, overstimulated, and frustrated. Uh, you can usually tell the difference by looking at uh, what the rest of the body is doing. This is really important um, to really make sure your dog is okay. Because even if the dog's tail is moving fastly, or like moving a bunch, <laughs> um, the dog could still be um, in a state where it thinks there's a threat. Um, so, can usually tell the difference, like I said. 
um, a confident or a aroused dog will hold his tail in the air. This is allowing the scent from the anal glands to circulate more freely and advertise his presence because you know his presence is a present. <laughs> a dog that is wagging his tail but barking with defensive body posture, tense face, and hard staring eyes is overly aroused and frustrated. Which means he should not be approached. Like, do not approach this dog. Just keep your keep your space. Um, a tail that is held low or between the legs signals a lack of confidence, nervousness, or fear. Uh, a tail that is held high but wig more slowly uh, means that the dog is assessing a situation. A tail that is extended and curved means that the dog is tense and ready to take offensive or defensive action. A tail that wigs around and around and around like a helicopter is accompanied by a relaxed fluid body movement and a wiggling bottom signals friendliness and willingness to engage. So fun fact, research has shown that when a dog sees someone they like, their tail wigs more to the right. When he sees someone unfamiliar, his tail wigs more to the left. So. Subtle body language like that is like really easy to miss, but it's really cool and interesting if you just like pay attention. Um, the tail is important for both balance and signaling, which is why the practice of tail docking or partial removal of a dog's tail is quite harmful because the tail is a prime indicator of mood. Dogs with dock tails are unable to communicate properly using that part of their body, which means that other dogs and people will miss vital signals. Um, it's also like just dangerous to dock an animal's tail to begin with, especially if you do it by yourself. Because I know a lot of vets now like will not do it. Um, but yeah, if you do it by yourself, like it's basically cutting off a person's limb. Like imagine someone like takes you to the side and they're like, hey, we're gonna cut off your toe for your appearance so that you look cooler. You know, like it sucks. Um, anyways. So you can easily miss some of these signals and get yourself in a huge mess of problems. Missing these signals can cause one to become fearful of dogs. You know, the lack of knowledge. This episode is brought to you by BIP Aesthetics. Looking to get your new claws trimmed? Well, check out BIP Aesthetics, where you will get treated with customized treatments suited for you. So, cynophobia, the fear of dogs, what we were talking about before the break. Why do people have this fear? I've always kind of wondered this because I have such a huge love for dogs, even the ones that have bitten me. Like, obviously, I've been bitten, I've been attacked. Like, I'm a dog lover, of course I've been bitten, of course I've been attacked. Like, I think growing up, I think the scariest attack I've ever had was we were, we were going to this farm and this dog like started going crazy and started chasing me and I remember like climbing onto the car I was so scared but then like literally half an hour later after this dog was done whatever whatever it was on um I came out and I cuddled it and it was good it was a good time um if I, I don't know if I mentioned this before but I work at a daycare filled with a uh, hundred or more dogs every day Obviously, accidents are bound to happen. So I was bitten in my first two weeks on like my thigh. And I still have a mark. Um, and it's been like four months. <laughs> but yeah, so I was bitten by this border collie. 
she's so cute she's the sweetest thing she now comes up to me every day and she'll come and give me a hug and give me kisses and she's just the sweetest pup but yeah she was in a state where she felt threatened and it wasn't a bite that was meant for me but I got in the way and yeah like I don't resent this dog I don't fear this dog um and like I understand I'm I'm very very much different from other people I've just always been that animal lover I like would never be scared of an animal like I would go up to a bear cub <laughs> if I seen one not a good idea but I probably would yeah so theories say that this fear is developed during early uh, childhood you can also acquire this from a family member with it or from the media so I like I understand to a point but I don't understand when people are like oh I got bit by this certain dog like this certain breed and now I'm scared of this breed forever I honestly think that's animal discrimination like it's it's like I wonder what the word would be for like being racist against an animal <laughs> um I I don't know uh I was actually watching Caesar Milan the other day and like I don't agree with a lot of a lot of the things that he does but he says that most of the time fear comes from the lack of knowledge so the first thing people do wrong is they shove themselves into a dog's personal space that's like shoving yourself into a random stranger's personal space you just don't do it because you don't know that person and you don't know that dog you need to understand the dog's body language and you need to be confident with the dog as well the energy you give off to a dog um the dog will give right back so if you give off tension, the dog will give it right back. If you come in with warm, inviting energy, they again will do the same. So really, you, you can't be aggressive with a dog is really, really what I'm saying. So like, okay, test this out on a stranger. Go up to a stranger the way you would a dog. See what they do. Um, I, I can guarantee they will be mad. They might hit you or they might yell. We can get more into body language and facing your fear in the next couple episodes. But thank you for joining me on this small little talk or rant, whatever you want to call it. Um, talk to you again soon and keep working on.